Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today, we are going to dive into how to get jacked as a vegan, more specifically, how to change your body composition, how to get more specific with your diet and optimize a vegan protocol for the best results possible. Um, Before we dive into this podcast, as always, I just have to mention, first and foremost, thank you for listening. Thank you for spending the time with me. And thank you for trusting me with your educational resource. And if you enjoy this podcast, please do me a huge favor. Take a screenshot, share it on your story of your Instagram and tag myself at Cody.BoomBoom. So the reason we decided to do this podcast, there, there's actually a few. So I'm going to kind of go through some resources and shout out some things right now. Um, the first one being recently the Game Changers documentary came out. Um, I did a Q&A and I reviewed the documentary, which I have not watched. And it's kind of one of those things where honestly I don't want to watch it. <laughs> it's like I'm not a big fan of Netflix diet documentaries for the most part. Um, there's a couple good ones that are just – more about like resourcing your food and, and, and farming and things like that. And I think in pharma, uh, big pharma and, and supplementation, stuff like that, steroids, I think those are interesting. I think those are great. And they're just fun to watch really. Um, however, these ones that are more dogmatic, they're more black and white. They try to give you an absolute answer and they try to create some kind of fear mongering or propaganda for one diet and or against another I'm just not a fan. I, I cringed my teeth. Uh, the what the health documentary. I literally cringed my teeth the whole time. I did not enjoy it whatsoever. Didn't agree with it. And the fact is, I've I've heard so many other people's reviews, very very detailed reviews about this recent Game Changers documentary that I don't feel the need to go watch it and do a review. There's so many good ones out there. Um, but that being said. It was funny because I, my podcast aired, which I'll link in the show notes, on Friday. It was a Q&A, and that was just one of the topics I discussed. I discussed it for probably like 10 to 20 minutes, just diving into why I think it is not the best resource for dietary education. And when my, I saw my podcast upload on my iTunes feed, and I also saw like eight different podcasts upload, the Game Changers, Game Changers Review, calling out the game changers, like all these different things. And I just thought it was hilarious that we all posted on the same day. So I'm sure as a listener, you've heard your fair share of game changers stuff, but I think it's timely for me to discuss vegan. This has been on my list, um, which is another reason why, you know, we wrote a blog about this, which again, I'll link in the show notes for that really, really good blog written by coach Lisa called how to get jacked as a vegan. And it was the definitive guide to, uh, optimizing your diet as a vegan or vegetarian. I can't remember the title, but really, really good blog, kind of diving through the weeds of like what is important, so on and so forth. Um, and we got a lot of great reviews on it, a lot of great feedback. A lot of people used that blog to help them with their vegan or vegetarian diet and or help their clients with their vegan and vegetarian client diets. And 
whenever I get good feedback on a blog, whenever we have a blog that is successful and people really enjoy, I always like to make sure that I do a podcast on it as well. So the people who don't enjoy reading can hear um, and the people who did enjoy reading it can hear as well, but they can hear me kind of do my own breakdown of the same topic. So I wanted to do that. And we've also been requested a bunch of times, which is another reason why I want to do this podcast. We've been requested probably like 10 times now um, to do like a podcast on optimizing your diet as a vegan or vegetarian. So with the game changers, with our blog, with all these different things coming out, I think it's just a timely uh, episode to air today. And this is going to be how to get jacked as a vegan. And what I do want to give you as well is a couple extra resources. So not only the blog that we wrote, but I think everybody should check out the Chris Cresser. Um, fuck, I'm going to look it up. I don't even know who he was debating. But um, he was debating a vegetarian doctor and it was Dr. Joel Kahn, the great debate. They basically debated plant versus meat or like meat versus vegan. Um, and Chris Kresser destroyed him. Um, and I think it's really important for people to listen to that podcast because Chris Kresser talked about why meat is not dangerous. It, he talked about how many benefits we can get out of animal sources. And that's not for me to say like, hey, if you're a vegan, you need to eat meat. It's really for the dogmatic vegans that are saying you should not eat meat. I want you to walk, go watch that so you can realize that it's not bad to eat meat. And I also don't think it's bad to be a vegetarian. So I'm going to link that Chris Kresser debate uh, with on Joe Rogan's podcast with Dr. Uh, Con, um, Connor Cron in the show notes so you guys can go check that out. I'm also going to link the Stronger by Science podcast um, that aired on Friday, I believe it was, with uh, Greg Knuckles and Eric Trexler. And they reviewed the Game Changers documentary. And I think they did a really, really good job because they actually went through every single claim that the Game Changers documentary made and basically debunked it. So I really, really enjoyed listening to them because they're extremely intelligent and they really went through and refined all the, the claims that the documentary made. So I'm going to link that as well. I think everybody who has seen or is one wondering if what the the people are saying inside that documentary they're just wondering if it has any validity most of it doesn't um and i think you should go listen to stronger Rest science so i'm gonna link all those things in the podcast now before we dive into the weeds of like how to optimize your diet as a vegan i want everybody to understand that this is not a bash on vegans um, nor is this me saying that being a vegan isn't healthy uh, but it's also me telling you that being a vegan isn't healthier than eating animal products. In fact, I believe, I am of the opinion that eating some animal products is healthier. I think being a vegetarian is fine if you're going to, um, there's different forms of vegetarians and I'm, I'm losing the, the term in my head. It's a blanketarian, um, but basically who eats dairy and eggs. Um, and or eats da dairy, eggs, and fish, right? There's different kinds. There's some that eat eggs and fish or just dairy and fish, like so on and so forth. There's so many different terrians. But I think the, the you know, if you want to stop eating beef, you want to stop eating chicken, turkey, pork, things like that, I actually don't think it's that bad. I, I personally love steak. I actually don't really eat chicken, not because of any ethical reasons. It just kind of bugs my stomach. Um, and it's harder to find good source chicken, in my opinion. Um, but I do eat eggs. I do eat dairy. I do eat beef. And I think there's people who are mainly vegetarian. They still eat salmon, halibut, cod, and some dairy. And they're just as healthy as I am. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. However, that's still an animal source product. And I do believe there's a lot of vitamins, minerals, 
um, and specific amino acids inside of dairy, which we're going to get into here in a sec, inside of dairy and whether you do fish, beef, whatever, animal products in general, that are they're vital. They're really, really important for people to consume in order to optimize health uh, in a well-rounded sense, not only for aesthetics being building muscle and burning fat and or improving performance, but also for longevity and hormones and, and so on and so forth. So I, I really do want to make a push to say like eating meat is not unhealthy, um, but at the same time, being a vegan is not unhealthy either. Uh, I will say it's easier to be healthy as a meat eater and or animal product eater, um, especially if you are a plant-based animal consumption eater. Um, I don't even know. <laughs> I guess an, it's an omnivore, a carnivore, omnivore, um, whatever avore that you eat everything. I should probably know these terms by now. But um, essentially, I think somebody who has a mainly plant-based diet, who eats a lot of plants, eats a lot of fruit, produce, so on and so forth, and accompanies that with a good amount of animal-based foods, I really do think that's going to be the best way to optimize health. That's the healthiest option possible. Now, that being said, this podcast is about uh, optimizing your diet as a vegan, and you can absolutely be extremely healthy. You can have perfect hormones. You can have a great metabolism. You can lose fat, build muscle, increase performance. You can live long, all of those things as a vegan, but you are going to have to get more specific with your diet. And that's why, um, again, I am not against vegans. In fact, I have vegan clients, as do my coaches who work under me. We all have vegan clients. We all have vegetarian clients as well. And I think that they're extremely healthy. However, we do have to take more precautions and create more specificity inside of their diet. And I think that's the big caveat here is being a vegan isn't unhealthy. However, it is difficult to master a diet for better body composition as a vegan because you do have to get more specific. You do have to do more planning. You have to be more meticulous with reading labels. And you do typically have to take more vitamins and minerals, um, especially because it's very hard to find such a good multivitamin that is going to completely help all of your vitamin and mineral deficiencies as a vegan. So it's almost better to take maybe a multi and then a couple other vitamins and minerals as well. So that being said, I just want to have that big kind of uh, statement or note warning, if you will, at the beginning of this podcast, just to let you know that I am no, in no way, shape or form against vegans and vegetarians. If you are doing it for ethical purposes or religious purposes, I actually, I have a lot of respect for you. I have nothing wrong with that. And, and if it's an ethical personal choice, totally fine. But just as we do not go against uh, vegans or vegetarians. I think vegans and vegetarians need to make sure that they're not going against people who decide to eat animal products. It's not illegal and it's not unethical. Everybody has their own personal right to consume food. We have our own mouths and our own stomachs and we choose what we put in those. Um, now, the first topic we have to discuss is calories. When, when you're going into this idea, period, calories don't change. So the theory of calories in versus calories out does not change whether you're a vegan, a carnivore, an omnivore, anything. Calories in versus calories out matter. And that's the first thing you need to do when we are trying to get jacked and optimize your diet as a vegan. You have to set your calories. We've done this a million times. I will link the nutritional periodization podcast um, as well as the videos slash podcasts of how to, uh, what is the uh, fat loss diet? Step one, step two is like, that's eight part series I did, uh, nutrition for fat loss. That's what it is. Um, I'm going to link those in the, in the show notes because go through that. That's, they're going to apply to you as well. Macros are macros, calories are calories. And that's the first two things I wanted to say. So there's two pieces uh, here. Number one is calories. You're going to be somewhere between, depending on your weight. Now eight is a really low number, but 
If you're obese, it's not. So just take that with a grain of salt. And also, if you're getting on stage, you might get down to eight times your body weight in calories. It's just dependent. So for fat loss, you're going to be anywhere between eight to 14 times your body weight for fat loss. For maintenance, you're going to be anywhere between 13 to 16 times your body weight for maintenance. And then for muscle growth, you're probably going to be somewhere between at least 15, but upwards of 20 times your body weight for muscle growth. Now, there are always outliers. Um, I will say this is for 90% of people. 10% of people will fall somewhere around uh, above or below those numbers. I know people who can maintain their weight on 17 times their body weight. I know people who can lose fat on 15 times their body weight. They're lucky as hell, right? And I know people who need 25 times their body weight to gain muscle. It's, it's, those are very generic, and that's not how we typically calculate macros for people or calories, but it is just kind of a general statement I can make at the beginning. Calories do not change no matter what diet protocol you, protocol you follow. Paleo, if it's your macros, keto, anything. And for today, we're talking about vegans. So vegans, your calories are, are there. Calories in versus calories out. It's, it is scientifically proven. It doesn't matter and it doesn't change. Or it does matter, sorry. It doesn't matter what diet you're on. <laughs> this applies no matter what. The second piece of this is macros. Your macros don't really change as well. So we're going to set macros based on your performance needs. We're going to set macros on um, your hormonal deficiencies and or imbalances we are going to set macros based on any autoimmune-related things. We are going to set macros on your goals, um, your lifestyle, your adherence, so on and so forth. The only thing I will say here is as a vegan, we have found success in a higher-carb diet. The reason we have found success in that is simply because adherence is a little bit easier when you set carbs a little bit higher. Because when we look at the main sources of protein – those being soy, lentils, beans, things like that, you're going to get a ton of trace carbs along with those. And it's not even really trace carbs. You're actually relying on trace proteins for your protein sources if you really think about it because beans and nuts and things like that, they're carbs, they're fats, they're other macro-sourced foods, but we as vegans eat those to get our protein intake higher, which means that we are relying on trace proteins, which I'm going to get to here in a sec. But the point with this next note here is that macros don't really change. It doesn't matter what kind of diet you're on. Macros are going to be set no matter what. So the first couple things going into a vegan diet and optimizing that is calories and macros, the equations we use in order to optimize your calories and macros for better body composition change or maintenance or performance, that is not going to change, even if you are a vegan. The next piece of this is protein. And we have to get into the specificity of protein with this. There's a lot of different things. The number one thing to remember is that, again, your protein needs do not change. In fact, they may need to be 10 to 20% higher than a typical person would set because of the bioavailability being lower inside of plant-based protein sources. And because of that, we need to make sure that we kind of cover our bases. It's almost like a safety net or insurance policy to make sure we're getting enough protein to recover and optimize muscle growth. So in the typical person, we're setting protein anywhere between 0.8 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. Um, that's typical. Sometimes it goes higher. Sometimes it can go lower. You know, if you're really, really thin and trying to get big, if you are uh, a small female and you need to make sure that you're hitting your kind of muscle protein synthesis quota per meal or you're obese, you know, those those will be a little bit less than 0.8. The, other, the, the earlier might be a little bit more than 1.2. So for a vegan, we might actually be in the range of at least one gram per pound, if not upwards of 1.5 grams per pound. So we're going to add that 10 to 20% of protein essentially. So if your body weight is 150 
you might need to be anywhere between 140 to 180 versus being anywhere between 120 to 150, right? Make sense? So if we look at this, we're really just trying to cover our bases. We're just trying to make sure we get enough, which leads me to my next point. Plant-based protein sources are what we consider less bioavailable. What bioavailable really just means is that it is less uh, it's not as easy for our body to break down, digest, and absorb. And the reason for that is the cellulose inside of plants. When we look at plant-based proteins, um, when we look at plants in general, there is cellulose. And that is harder for our body to break down and digest. Therefore, we don't get as much of the protein out of those plants. In fact, a lot of, one of the arguments I believe they made inside of the Game Changers was cows. Like, Cows are big and they have a lot of muscle mass. They have no issues, blah, 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 and they don't eat any meat. And this is true, but cows also have two stomachs. Um, and Eric Trexler made the greatest analogy. I was cracking up. He said that, well, to me, that's like saying, you know, a raccoon <laughs> doesn't sleep at night. Doesn't that mess with his circadian rhythm? And the reality is, is a, a raccoon's not a human. <laughs> it's a it's a fucking raccoon. <laughs> we're not raccoons. We're humans. We're different. Um, and it is what it is. So I think it was hilarious when he said that. And the way he said it just cracked me up because they're just, they have, their sense of humor is like they're just smart asses. And it's just fucking hilarious. It cracks me up. Anyway, cows are cows. They have two stomachs. And one of those stomachs being the one that actually gets food first, which they're going to get grass. So cows eat so much grass, they get a ton of cellulose. It first goes through the first stomach. Inside that stomach, it breaks it down and actually creates a gut bacteria that helps break down that cellulose before passing all the grass to the second stomach where that second stomach can break down the nutrients and the protein. Um, because by the time it gets to the second stomach, that cellulose has been uh, broken away because of the gut bacteria inside of the first stomach of the cow they don't have to worry about cellulose. So humans have one stomach. We do have to worry about cellulose. And it's also why we can't eat 10 pounds of fucking grass per day like a cow can. Um, and, and it should be just common sense. We're not cows. But that being said, that is one reason why uh, plant-based protein is less bioavailable. It has cellulose and it is just poorly digested. It's hard for our body to digest. If we cannot digest this protein properly, we're not going to uh, absorb it properly essentially because again the cellulose content inside of plant matter is just greater um, so the exception to this would be uh, mycoprotein which is protein that comes from fungi uh, mushrooms things like that nutritional yeast and then soy um, because those have a much less cellulose if any and, and we don't have to worry about that um, but you again would have to acquire multiple protein sources and more than that than regular. Again, that's why I said you have to increase by 20% in order to get enough of the right amino acids, which is the second point of plant-based protein being less bioavailable. It has a poor essential amino acid profile. And what this basically means is that it is not only missing key essential amino acids to create a full spectrum of amino acids, like something like whey protein would have, for example, or dairy or meat or whatever, eggs, but it also has less amounts of some of the, the aminos that it does have. So not only is it missing aminos, the aminos that it does have, it has less of, specifically things like leucine. We need leucine to trigger muscle protein synthesis. In fact, it's one of the most important amino acids to contribute to muscle growth. Um, even though it works better with all full spectrum of aminos, so uh, just consuming leucine, although beneficial, isn't going to give you the whole picture. It's not the key to just have leucine. You need the whole spectrum of amino acids. Um, 
But again, not only is plant-based protein low in leucine, it's also missing some of these key amino acids to help leucine function. So at this point, we've gone through protein. And the reason this is so important is because one of the biggest downfalls of trying to get jacked as a vegan or the most difficult parts is that protein is much more it's much harder to come across and it's much harder to get the benefits from when you are not consuming animal products because protein from plant-based foods is less bioavailable. There's a lot of cellulose, which makes digestion poor and our body has more difficulty absorbing it properly. Um, it has a poor essential amino acid profile and it's missing some key amino acids. And we most likely need to have a higher percentage to cover our bases. The last thing about protein is that most of the protein sources that we would recommend are actually going to be higher in carbs. So when we consider what protein sources to consume, we're thinking soy, we're thinking lentils, we're thinking beans, we're thinking like really all legumes, um, quinoa, things like that they are all also very high in carbs. In fact, protein is the second nutrient, quote unquote, on the hierarchy of what's being consumed inside of these foods, or it's kind of like the tier down. So when we consider, uh, think of it like this, when we consider eating, uh, when we eat oats, oats are a carb, we all know that. However, there is protein and there is fats inside of that. Those would be trace fats and trace proteins. Um, when we consume dairy, there is sometimes some lactose, which would be carbs, and there's sometimes some fat, even if it's low fat, and that would be trace fats and trace carbs. Um, when we consume, you guys get the point. When we consume whey protein, there's a little bit of carbon there. That's trace carbs. So like, it's basically non-efficient sources of a nutrient. And when we consume these high carb foods to get our protein, we're basically relying on trace proteins to consume our daily intake. Now. They work, as we know, and we have stated already, if you get your daily calories and macros in, you're going to be fine, vegan or not. But we have to remember that those proteins that we are getting are less bioavailable, they're harder to digest and absorb, they're less efficient at building muscle, and just to get enough protein, we are likely going to have to increase carbs as well, which is why I said earlier, when setting macros, it's probably important to have a higher carb ratio and a lower fat because it will be easier to adhere to your calorie intake. Now, when we dive into supplements here in a bit, we're going to touch on protein, but I'm going to skip it on that. I'm going to, I'm going to skip talking about protein in the supplement section of this podcast. I'm talking about it right now. The absolute best way to ensure that you're getting enough protein as a vegan is to try to get about half of your protein intake from these foods that I'm talking about and then add supplemental vegan protein powder um, and or essential amino acids to supplement that. The best thing that I have experienced is consuming EAA, so essential amino acids, during and or after, immediately after your training sessions, just to make sure that you're getting a high dose of full spectrum of aminos right when you're training and you're doing your most rigorous activity on your body. Um, and then during your meals, I would actually consume a scoop of vegan protein. So if you're having a big meal and let's say you're getting 15 grams of protein, which is a good amount of protein as a vegan in a meal from all these plant-based sources, 
add an extra scoop of vegan powder to drink along with that meal, which is going to give you an extra 20, which is going to lead to a full 35 grams of protein in that meal. We know that for most people, in between 25 to 45 grams of protein per serving or per meal during the day is probably going to be optimal to stimulate muscle protein synthesis to the maximum. So my recommendation is to have essential amino acids in your workout and to have a vegan powder for 20 to 25 grams in a shake with just water during every meal of the day, three to five times per day. 50% of your protein comes from your meals and about 50% comes from your shakes. I wouldn't go more than 50% on shakes just because I do believe in whole food. You can absolutely go more than 50% on your, uh, from your whole food sources if you can adhere to the rest of your macros. Now we're going to talk about fats. So with fats, um, most of your fats as a vegan are going to come from things like nuts, nut butters, uh, extra virgin olive oil, avocados. So a lot of this is going to be monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats, which is actually makes things pretty easy because those are quote unquote healthier. It doesn't mean saturated fat isn't healthy, um, but those are known for the fats that should be a good bulk of your diet. And it's going to be pretty easy because you can eat quite a bit of these from things like nuts and oils and so on and so forth. So you're going to want to make sure that you're getting nuts, nut butters, extra virgin olive oil and avocados on a daily basis because that's going to cover your basis for most of your fat needs to support hormonal output. The problem with this is there's not many omega-3 fatty acids inside of those, which is why we also recommend having algae oil, walnuts, chia seeds, flax seeds, hemp seeds, things like that um, because those are going to be high omega-3s. Now, what I would recommend is just taking algae oil. You can't take fish oil as a vegan, so the best thing for you to do is to take algae oil there are great brands on Amazon that you can get, and you're going to want to supplement with just as much of this as any meat eater would because even meat eaters are rarely eating enough fatty fish to get enough omega-3 fatty acids, more specifically to get enough EPA and DHA, which is not only key for hair, skin, nails, nervous system, so on and so forth, but it's extremely important for hormonal and neurological function of your brain, um, especially as youth developmenting um, kids babies, things like that, pregnant women, this stuff is so, so important, but it's important for everybody. So if you can't take fish oil as a vegan, the best next thing is algae oil. It gives you the same benefit. Sometimes you have to take a little bit more of the algae oil in order to hit your quota of EPA and DHA, which is totally fine, but that's going to be one of the most important supplements for you to take. So again, nuts, nut butters, extra virgin olive oil, avocados, you can get a ton of that. It's going to cover most of your bases for your polyunsaturated and your monounsaturated, your healthy fat sources. Next, you're going to supplement with algae oil and try to include some walnuts, chia seeds, flax seeds, and hemp seeds into your diet at, throughout the week because those are also high in omega-3s. But again, I just want to emphasize this, algae oil is going to be more concentrated with EPA and DHA, which is the key reason to consume good omega-3s in your diet. Last but not least, I want to touch on MCT oil and coconut oil because there's a lot of people who believe that you should be consuming a ton of coconut oil as a vegan because it's a good, healthy, saturated fat. We don't want to overdo it on the saturated fat. Saturated fat is good for us and it can be part of a good diet. Um, I think the paleo movement over blue saturated fat's importance. Um, however, it is still and it should still be a part of a healthy diet. And I do like coconut oil. So I do like vegan clients consuming coconut oil. You don't need to overdo it and cook all your meals in it, put in your coffee, so on and so forth. But cooking one meal with it would be efficient. And the reason for that is because it'll give you a little bit of saturated fat, but also because multi-chain triglycerides, which is MCT, it's the type of fat that coconut oil is. Um, this is why people started consuming 
uh, MCT oil as a supplement, it's really, really important for having a fast source of energy via fat. Most fats are very slow digesting, meaning it takes forever for them to break down, absorb, and be used as fuel for your day-to-day actions, which we know are going to be primarily used for low-intensity activity. However, MCT oil is the only type, so MCT is a multi-chain triglyceride, it's a multi-chain fatty acid. It's the only type of fat that's known to be digested, absorbed, and broken down in the liver very, very quickly for efficient energy, which makes it very, very beneficial for us. So I like personally consuming coconut oil in the morning because if I have a client doing a low carb, high fat, high protein breakfast, if we put coconut oil in that morning, it is going to give them some fuel for the day pretty readily available. So a little bit of MCT via coconut oil in your diet, um, some algae oil with the addition of walnuts, chia, flaxseed, and hemp seed in your diet to get those omega-3s, EPA, and DHA. And then last but not least, most of your fats are going to come from nuts, nut butter, extra virgin olive oil, and avocados, which is totally good, totally healthy, and totally safe. And you're going to easily hit your quota because, again, we're going to have a lower fat diet during a vegan diet, not a low fat because low, low fat is never a healthy thing to do. However, you're probably going to want to set your macros at a high protein because your protein's less bioavailable, meaning you need it even more than animal eating uh, individuals. Um, and you're going to want a high carb diet because it's going to be easier to adhere to. Um, and it's obviously going to aid some performance, but mainly because it's going to be easier to adhere to since most of your protein sources are going to be high and carbs as well. Most of your food options in general are going to be high as well. And the last thing we're going to touch on is supplements. So uh, we already touched on EAAs. We touched on algae oil because that's really important for omega-3s. And we touched on whey protein, or I'm sorry, vegan protein because that's going to be key during your meals to hit your muscle protein synthesis quota. Um, But there's some other ones that are going to be most likely deficient in vegans, and I think it's very important for them to consume. First one is going to be zinc. Um, In fact, vegans actually need about 40% more zinc than most individuals who are consuming animals. Um, This is going to be about 50 milligrams per day recommended uh, because when you have a vegan diet, it's kind of like protein. You're just going to be consuming less zinc and you're also going to be battling for... So some of these supplements we're going to be talking about, it's kind of hard to describe, but some of the supplements we're going to be talking about, vitamins, minerals we're going to be talking about are going to be coming from less bioavailable sources and they're similar to the cellulose idea actually. It's going to be harder for our body to digest and break down where we get these from um, compared to animals. So again, zinc is number one. You're going to want to get zinc. This is going to be healthy for nervous system function. It's going to be healthy for sleep and recovery, muscle activity, so on and so forth, hormones, testosterone, and men. Um, We're going to need a little bit more. So you're going to want to consume about 50 milligrams a day of zinc um, because, again, vegans need about 40% more than omnivores and animal-consuming people. Next is going to be iron. Um, I would recommend anywhere between 10 to 15 grams, um, which is usually about twice the dose of of normal people who consume animal products. Uh, This is basically because you're just going to get less uh, iron in your diet since you're not eating animal products. But also, um, vegans get plant-derived iron uh, has uh, its non-hema iron. It's just not absorbed as easily. So again, kind of going back to that cellulose idea, same exact concept. The iron from plants is a le- it isn't absorbed as well because of the delivery from plants and because of some other anti-nutrients, I guess you could say, inside of plants that make it harder for our body to break down and use the iron inside of plants. Vitamin D is next. Everybody should be consuming vitamin D. Um, uh, not just vegans, but vegans are there as well because... We know that vitamin D comes from a lot of meat and animal sources. However, I think almost everybody listens to this podcast, unless you stand outside all day working, 
um, you're probably going to need some vitamin D. So we'd, we'd go pretty high with these individuals. 5,000 IUs per day is, is a good recommendation. You can also go higher and it's totally safe, but we're going to stick with about 5,000 IUs. Um, calcium is next. Um, there are some good sources of calcium, um, beans, legumes, broccoli, bok choy, kale, um, some others. Spinach and arugula have some, but they um, also contain calcium. Uh, they contain, I'm sorry, spinach and arugula are good sources of calcium, but they also uh, contain what's called oxalate and it kind of impedes and battles calcium for the absorption in our body. So we want to get most of our calcium from broccoli, bok choy, kale. Um, and since we're not consuming meat or milk and dairy and things like that, we're probably going to want to supplement with that as well. Um, B12 is next. Again, B12 comes from a lot of animal products. You can, you can also get it inside of nutritional yeast, which I do recommend to some. Um, Algae you can, but it's not a good source um, because it's very similar to the iron. There's something inside of algae that kind of battles for the absorption. So you're best to just supplement with B12. Um, and then the last one we're going to talk about is creatine. Creatine is only found in animal products and or our body, which is why, shout out Creapure, linked in the show notes. You should probably be consuming creatine if you want to build muscle. All right, guys. So to recap this, calories in versus calories out never changes. It is a scientific fact that you need to keep in count and you should set those based on your goals, your body, and your performance, not being a vegan or not a vegan. Macros don't change as well. Um, the theory of macronutrients will remain the same as vegan. However, I do believe you should aim for a little bit more protein since your proteins, but less bioavailable and a little more carbs because it'll be easier to adhere to your diet and your calorie intake. For protein, you need to get pretty specific, set a little bit higher, probably about 10 to 20% higher of an intake to cover your bases since the protein inside of plants is less bioavailable due to the cellulose and the poor amino acid profile. For fats, a small amount of MCTs via coconut oil every day is fine and probably recommended. Algae oil, walnuts, chia seed, flaxseed, and hemp seed are definitely recommended to get your omega-3, EPA, and DHAs in. And the rest of your diet is going to be poly and monounsaturated from nuts, nut butter, extra virgin olive oil, and avocados. Last but not least, as a vegan, you should probably supplement with zinc, iron, vitamin D, calcium, B12, creatine, and have some kind of vegan protein on hand to make sure that you are covering your bases when it comes to potential nutrient deficiencies. All right, guys, that is how you get jacked as a vegan. That is how you optimize your diet as a vegan. Once again, I'm going to leave a bunch of extra resources in the show notes, and I highly recommend you check those out. I'll catch you next time. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, Head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the nutrition hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at Cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. 
This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.